Hey guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta, and I have an awesome guest. I'm in love with her line. It is definitely um, one of the products she makes is actually uh, one of my all-time favorite products. So I'm super excited to introduce you guys to Ada Pola, who is the founder of Alchemy Forever. Welcome to the show, Ada. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my honor. And I would love to get started because I, I know that you have, um, you know, a wonderful journey that I'm sure, you, you know, we would love to hear. And I would love to get started by you telling us about how you got started in the skincare industry and how the brand really came to be. Yes, thank you. You, you said I was the founder of Alchemy Forever, which I love to think I am, but I must give credit where credit is due. My father, uh, Dr. Luigi Pola, actually started the line. I only took what he created and and um, maybe commercialized it or, or made it more available, but it really all starts with him. He is um, the leading dermatologist in Switzerland. He has been practicing for about 30 years, and he made his name in the world of dermatology by being the first physician to bring laser technology to Europe. So he went to medical school in Switzerland, and then he did his postdoctoral fellowship at Mass General Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, where he worked in the Wellman Labs, uh, which is where this was in the mid 80s and this is where lasers for use in dermatology really were created were invented so he was you know at the right place at the right time brought that technology back to europe uh, to switzerland when he finished his postdoctoral fellowship opened his own dermatology practice and that's really you know how, how it all started um the mask that you mentioned our Cantic brightening moisture mask is actually the first product that we ever created and, and the whole reason we have a, a skincare brand. Um, wow. the first, the first, do you want to, should I keep on going? Yeah, to I want you okay. to keep telling us because that is, you know, for everyone listening, that is the product that is a game changing product. I mean, I use, I use that mask, like I think more than any time I've ever used a mask. It's so beautiful. It works. And it's like this instant effect, you know, like the brightening and the, it, it's just been lovely for my skin. So I would love for you to tell us all about that. Well, thank you. So as I mentioned, my father went back and opened his solo derm practice. And, you know, now we think of lasers and we think of tattoo removal, wrinkle removal, hair removal, all those very cosmetic related things. But the first application of lasers in dermatology was actually to treat infants and young children that were suffering from port wine stains and hemangiomas. And so these are big, dark red birthmarks that are very, um, very, you know, that are appear on the face and that can become very uh, debilitating and actually lead to diseases, not just cosmetic uh, issues. And so my father was using these lasers to help these young kids that were often under, you know, the age of five with these birthmarks and of course, the, the first lasers, you know, were, were big and painful and the treatment caused these kids to cry. It created inflammation in the skin, heat, pain, uh, re extra redness. And so my father being the big softy that he is really wanted to find a product that would help heal and soothe these kids skin post laser immediately post procedure so that they would stop crying in his office. And so he couldn't find the right product, um, you know, that, that worked for, for him and for his patients. And so he asked a friend of his who 
uh, owned and still owns a compounding pharmacy not far from where his office uh, is located. And he said, you know, can you make me a couple jars of this product? This is what I have in mind. These are the ingredients that I envision. I wanted to have it a slight cooling sensation so that it can help kind of take the heat out of the laser treatment. Um, and she did. And so that's how it all started. The, the kids loved it. Um, the parents took, you know, the, the, those little prototypes home with them. Um, some of the moms even applied it on their faces to kind of show the child it was okay to put this strange product on their face and help with compliance. And then the next time that they went for their follow-up um, appointments and follow-up treatments, they wanted two jars of the mask, one for the child and one for the mom, because she felt like her skin looked so glowing and beautiful, you know, after the mask application. So yeah, wow. that that's so cool. all about crying children is what I always tell, what I always tell people. That is the coolest story. And I love that. And you know what? It's like, I, I feel like every time true, like innovation and something magical happens, it's from this, this like need and, you know, in like medical practice that comes out from, you know, what we are used to as like the big procedures and stuff. So this is really, really cool to me. I, I love that, you know, the story behind this is really just trying to help kids and it turned into this beautiful, wow. So, you know, what about the rest of the brand though? Because I know, you know, every product is, you know, I've, I've definitely heard nothing but great things about the brand and that's, you know, very well deserved, obviously, you know, how was that in terms of expanding the line and expanding the range how you know did your dad just want to like keep going with um more products or how did that come about yes thank you for asking so um what happened i'd say for you know the next decade or so is my father felt some other needs little by little um the mask became this one product um and for many years we only had that one product it wasn't even called alchemy forever it was just in a white jar with a little sticker on it so there was no branding no marketing um the the but my dad liked this idea of creating a product that really filled a gap in what he saw was was the need the skincare needs of his patients. And so over i'd say the next decade or so he created just a couple other products um our second product we still have and is still one of our top sellers also is our firming gel for neck and bust um, because he felt like his patients were taking really good care of their faces. They were being diligent with um, SPF, with antioxidant treatments, but they were not taking care of their neck, chest, decollete, shoulders, and arms, which you know, depending on where you live and the climate and the weather, get a lot of exposure to, to the sun and to UV and often there was a discord or a disharmony between what your skin was saying your age was between your chest and your face. Um, so the, you know, the, the products kind of continue to develop quite, I'd say haphazardly, not at all with any systematic um, or, you know, thought or focus groups or anything like that, just like a true organic uh, family story of this dermatologist who, who felt some, some needs in the, in the marketplace. And then things became a little bit more, I don't wanna say official because that sounds, that sounds bad, but let's say more um, strategic when yeah. I got involved and this happened when I was in business school at Georgetown um, McDonough School of Business in 2003 and 2004. And so, you know, the brand, while the stories I've been telling you are from the mid to late eighties and through the nineties, 
um, the brand as you know it now with a brand name, with some sort of branding and packaging, with some type of semi-coherent product assortment, that really came to be in 2004. Um, and I think at that oh. time, we maybe had six or seven products um, called Alchemy Forever. And, you know, since then, we've been, we've been launching new products. We do so very carefully and, again, very strategically, but we've grown to be, uh, to have 17 products um, for, you know, for retail use. So we have a, a more normal assortment now that includes cleansers and eye creams and moisturizers and a scrub, um, a couple serums, as well as a few additional body products. Yeah, no, you have a lot of wonderful products and it's like, you know, it's not at all oversaturated in terms of like, there's no redundancy, you know, in the line. And mm -hmm. I really like that, you know, you, the products, it, you can tell by just, you know, browsing the website and looking through that everything has its purpose. Everything has a place, um, you know, and it, it's designed for keeping, you know, the consumers in mind that you're serving. So I really actually very much appreciate that about your brand is that, you know, it's not redundant because, you know, there are so many lines now and, you know, obviously I have, you know, the privilege of talking to so many brand owners and, you know, and, and it's wonderful, but we don't need eight cleansers. You know what I mean? Right. Like one line doesn't need to come out with like eight different cleansers. Like we should have products that are multi-use, multifunctional. And I think that's exactly what, um, you know, Alchemy Forever is doing is that you have beautiful products. I mean, the mask that I was uh, referring to you can honestly have, the, I, I think I've put this mask up on my personal uh, Dermal Unity account like 18 times. Like I'm obsessed. Like <laughs> well, every time I, I mask with it, I literally, and it's not because I'm trying to promote or anything. It's because I genuinely, every time that I use the product, feel like my skin is benefiting and it's getting the results I want like immediately. And I'm just, I love the whole experience of it. So, you know, that's my point is like, when you shop for a product as a consumer, you should feel like this product is something I absolutely need because I know exactly how I'm going to feel when I use it. And that's also where the self-care aspect, you know, ties in for consumerism, if you really think about it, you know? Yes, for sure. And I love your comment about how you appreciate, you know, the, the tightness of the line or how we don't have a million SKUs. We get a lot of questions always about, you know, what's your newest product? When are you launching a new product? What, what's coming down the, the pipeline? What's, you know, what's the next thing you're going to launch? And we launch products maybe every two years. And only if we feel that we have a gap in our assortment and that we can contribute a product that is better than what's already on the market. And we are not, you know, our ambition is not to be a brand with a hundred SKUs. Um, like you said, we don't need 17 cleansers. Uh, yeah. we, we would like to address, we would like to offer a complete line in the sense that if you would like to use Alchemy Forever products only for your skincare, you have what you need. Although we don't even say you must. You know, I mean, I, I own a skincare brand and I still use products from other brands. I like to cocktail. I think that most consumers cocktail different brands. Um, I think different brands shine in different areas. And so we really try to make products that are exceptional and that fill a need. And we don't do newness for, for newness's sake. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned self-care. And of course, taking care of your skin is part of self-care. We actually, one of our... <clears throat> trademarked uh, slogans is self-care through skincare. And so of course I encourage everybody always to use many skincare products because it really is like a timeout 
from you know a busy day that's spent for most of us taking care of other people and it is your time to take care of yourself but you also don't need to have 17 cleansers 17 serums three moisturizers um and what have you so i, I it's it's this fine line between spending time on yourself taking care of all of your skincare concerns but also not forcing consumers into spending thousands of dollars and hours in the bathroom. Yeah, no, I really love that. And I, you know, I definitely as a consumer, um, I really appreciate that, you know, whenever I find a brand that's like that, and, you know, I'm the same way, obviously, you know, all of us, we like to mix and match with different brands. And that's a beautiful thing. That's wonderful. You know, I, and not every brand can make the best of everything, or even if they do, it might not be suitable for you. But I exactly. think that, you know, but I think that it's important that whatever you're picking from the brand, that product is something that's going to really make you happy on multiple levels. And that's why, yes. you know, for me as a consumer, that's kind of like my bar that I set for myself that, you know, is this a, is this a product that I'm going to keep right next to me on my vanity and every night I have access to it? You know what I mean? So it's like, and I if I can say that about, about a brand, even if it's one product by them, then to me, that's a phenomenal line. You know what I mean? Because they've created something that I can really trust. And that's exactly how I feel about your brand. So, um, you know, I, I really, really commend you and, and definitely commend your father for creating such a beautiful, you know, especially the mask. <laughs> beautiful mm, Thank one. you. I love what you say about, you know, products that make you feel uh, that give you happiness on multiple levels. And certainly the, the you know, our number one goal is to make your skin happy. So to, to make a difference in your skin. And, and make your skin the best version of what it can be. Um, but certainly I also believe that, you know, and this again goes back to the self-care self piece that taking care of your skin is a way to feel happier. Um, whether it's because you have taken a few minutes of downtime for yourself, whether it is because your skin looks better and so you feel more confident and so you're acting kind of as the best version of yourself. Um, but certainly there, there's, a, there's a happiness um, impact or there's a happiness um, option that's, that's bigger than only skin. And you know, if you think of skin, and I take this very seriously and I think about this a, a lot, there's, there are a few things that are more intimate than skincare. I mean, you're, you're taking products that we create and applying them on your face and on your body. And this is a, it's a very important, very intimate um, um, gesture process. or, you yeah. know, process. Yeah. Exactly. And we, we think of that when we create products and make sure, and again, that kind of drives the standards that we, you know, that we hold ourselves to when we're creating product. And, you know, I love that you said that because honestly, you know, it's, it's very much true because, you know, when I look at products and this is really genuinely, I'm going to be honest with you, Ada, it, it's, it's why I created this podcast in some ways, because, you know, I wanted to be able to look at products and feel like the people that are behind these products are kind of like, you know, they're there and I know about them and I know who they are. And I know mm -hmm. that wherever this is coming from, this is coming from people that I believe in and I believe in them and their vision and what they're doing. And, and that is, you know, it's part of it. You're right. You know, putting something on your face, or your skin, this is the most intimate you can get when it comes to beauty products, you know, especially mm -hmm. like with skincare, because if you use something terrible and your skin looks terrible, you're going to have this like feeling. Bad day. Towards 
<laughs> yeah, a bad day, but also a feeling towards the brand, the founders, yeah. the people who may, you know, created the product, the chemists. And that's, that's a terrible thing. So, you know, it, it's very, very important. It's very personal. So I love that you brought that up. And I think that, you know, as consumers, we really should think about that is who is behind these products? Who do I believe in them? Do I believe in their genuine nature? And, you know, like that kind of thing. So, you know, I, that's a great point on your part. I completely agree. I want to move on, though. And I want to talk about, you know, right now especially in the industry the buzz is all about ingredients and formulations and all that all that stuff so um how has that been the journey of that for your brand in terms of you know when your dad first created the mask and you know um back then to now in terms of like who you hired to formulate and um have you changed that at all or is that something that's been tried and true for the brand throughout No, definitely. We have evolved our formulations uh, since we started. The mask, I think, has gone through maybe three different key iterations. You know, back in the mid 80s, we used parabens, for example, because the the whole paraben controversy had not come to the surface and they were still believed to be the best and the safest preservatives for for beauty products. Um, Obviously, the opinion you know, whether you think of the scientific opinion or the consumer opinion, that shifted. And so we removed parabens from our formulations. We did this maybe, I, I can't, I can't think of the exact time, but it's, it's been a while, but, and that was definitely a first iteration of, you know, we position ourselves as clean and clinical. So that was definitely the start of that positioning is to, to relook at our preservative systems. Um, and then we started working with different labs. Um, we work with, we, we work with different, we still work with uh, three different labs. Um, so we have labs that have different expertise in different areas, but definitely one of the labs that we work with has a special focus on clean formulations, um, on using botanicals and, and natural ingredients. So that that has helped us evolve. Um, and then, you know, more recently, I'd say over the last five years, we've removed some additional ingredients, including sulfates, um, ethoxylated ingredients, pegs. Um, those are, I'd say, the main other categories of ingredients that that we've removed to to continue to um, improve our formulations with the developing body of knowledge that um, you know that that evolves on a I, I don't know about a daily basis, but that evolves very regularly, which is how science works. You have new experiments that come out, uh, new papers that are published, new ingredients that are developed. And so the the body of knowledge evolves and we have worked very hard to to not to, you know, poo-poo our past by any means, but to stay, we always say, you know, one of our values is being accountable to science. And so we work to remain accountable to science and to the most current science, I guess I should say. Um, So we've certainly evolved our formulations and, you know, it is, I mean, sometimes I feel like I want to pull my hair out because it is very, very difficult. And I'm sure you know this to tweak a formula of an existing product and have the existing product remain the same. It's like you're you're making your grandmother's tomato sauce recipe with a completely different type of tomato than what she used. It is very hard to make that come out the same way. And that's for existing products where we've had to evolve our formulations. That is the closest thing that I can describe, the closest analogy that I can use to what we're trying to do. So, um, is it's for sure the right thing to do, uh, but from a formulation uh, 
perspective, from a, a chemistry perspective, it certainly is much more challenging than I think what the, you know, the, the, the consumer knows. And, and it's not, a, I mean, she, why should she know? She doesn't work. She just knows she wants good products that are free of certain ingredients that she doesn't want to see. And that's what she wants. And that's what we're trying to make. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, that's a very, very good point that you made about staying true to science. I absolutely love that. I think that that should be, you know, something that everyone realizes is that, you know, a good brand is always going to have that as one of their pillars is that they're being, you know, scientifically forward. And I, I really, uh, I appreciate that a lot as a consumer that you guys do that because, you know, yeah, the literature is always changing. You know, I often have this conversation with, um, you know, a lot of clinicians clinical colleagues and a lot of uh, very, very uh, amazing doctors, you know, that see patients day in and day out. And, and we talk about, you know, we'll talk about skincare and if the ingredients are really doing anything. And it's always this, that, you know, I think the general consensus amongst everybody really becomes this idea that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions, you know, it's a very, dermatology is a very gray area, you know, yeah. and if, and, and the literature is always changing. And I think it is the responsibility of brands and, you know, um, really everybody to keep up with that literature and to keep up with the science because because, you know, the PhDs already have enough on their hands. They're the ones churning out the, you know, the information. So, you yeah. know, it's, a, it's definitely a, it's definitely something that I think we should all look for in, in the lines that we invest in. So I love that. Um, I want to, um, I want to actually ask you though, because, you know, the line is actually very gentle and I've noticed that because, you know, the mask, like I said, it's obviously my favorite product. And I remember one day specifically, I was, uh, I was using the mask and it was a very long day. You know, it was one of those days where you just, you don't know what time it is, you know, <laughs> like mm -hmm. the hours go by and I had put it on and I just kind of like fell asleep in it and it was perfectly fine, you know? And it was like, I, I had it on for longer than I would normally have it on. It wasn't like, you know, hours or overnight, but it, it I remember like waking up and I just being like, Oh my gosh, I still have my mask on. And I was totally fine. My skin was wonderful. It was totally fine. So, you know, one thing I want to ask you is, how that's been in terms of creating products that are gentle, you know, and they are so friendly for the skin because, you know, I think that's very rare to have that. I mean, you know, I usually set a timer for every product that I use, you know, and obviously we should all be doing that, but um, I'm just saying that, you know, if something goes over time, you know, this is a product that I know is, st is still safe for my skin. So I, I would love for you to comment on that. Yes. So um, there, there's a few points I'd like to make. First, you know, this is true of the mask in particular, as it was the first product we developed and that it was developed specifically for post-procedure for children. It, it, I mean, we, we were, we, my father was using this on kids that were from six months to, you know, five, six, seven years of age. And he was using this product on their skin after having traumatized their skin by using a laser, a pulse dye laser on it. So their skin was already inflamed. It was red, it was hot, it was painful. Um, and so that product specifically has as its purpose to heal reduce redness, quell inflammation, calm irritation. Um, and yes, it also gives you an amazing glow and you get some antioxidants, but it really is a, a calming, soothing product. Um, so, so that is very specific to the, the origin story of the mask. Now, in the you know, I wouldn't call us a post-procedure line today. We've certainly evolved from that heritage, but that remains our heritage. And from the very beginning, 
my father had a anti-inflammatory approach to aging. And, you know, now I think everyone is much much better versed in, in what that means. But if you think back to the early 90s, I mean, it was all about acids, you know, glycolic acid. And, and I'm not saying these ingredients are bad. These are great yeah. ingredients. But it was all like uh, Obagi types of brands. And again, I'm not saying anything negative about Obagi, but I'm sure you have in your mind that woman who's walking down the street and you can see she is over treating her skin so dramatically. It's like red, angry skin. Um, yeah. we, ne- we never took that route. And so as a result, some people, you know, we got the feedback over many years that we weren't like, quote unquote, effective enough. Although I absolutely do not believe that a gentle product is not effective, but we always took this anti-inflammatory approach to aging because inflammation is a pro-ager. Inflammation accelerates aging, whether it's on your skin or in your body, it just, that is what inflammation does. And so our brand as a whole has this inflammatory focus and that's how we treat aging. I would say the one product within our brand that probably falls out of this concept is our advanced retinol serum, you know, which is made with 0.75% pure lab made retinol. Retinol is by definition, an ingredient that creates inflammation. That's how it works. So that falls a little bit outside of this general anti-inflammatory philosophy, but that has always been um, our philosophy. And I think that that's you know, how the consumer will translate that into, oh, your products are gentle. And again, they are, they certainly will not create side effects, even if you're sensitized, reactive, sensitive skin type. Um, But that doesn't mean that they don't work. They have an incredible effect as, you know, as you've experienced. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think your father was very much ahead of his time in terms of the, you know, the medical uh, insight that he had about what skincare and skin good skin needs which is anti-inflammation products because let's be honest you know it, it it's exactly what you said I'm not going to you know beat a dead horse but yeah exactly you know inflammation is a marker of stress you mm-hmm. know that's exactly what it is and so you know when your skin is red and you look like you are tomato you know yeah. like that's not that's normal not, and, no yeah and, and you, you know, know I, I know yeah go ahead go ahead no sorry I always tell people also I'm like look, your skin can't talk to you. It can't say, stop using this product. It's hurting me, but your skin talks to you by the way it looks. And so if, if, if a product again, with certain exceptions, but if a product is making you look like a tomato, unless you know for a fact, and this is under, you know, professional skincare supervision, that that's an an anticipated and expected temporary side effect. outside of that situation, then this is your skin trying to talk to you and you must listen. And I talk to so many people who are like, no, but you know, it's good. It means the product is working. And I always tell them, I'm like, look, is your skin, does it feel good right now? Like, do you feel comfortable in your skin? Does your skin? And they're like, no, my skin hurts. And I say, you can have efficacy without having skin that, that hurts. And I think oftentimes we, we forget you know, to listen to ourselves and to listen to our skin. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. Now, I have a question in terms of, because I know this is always something consumers love asking now, which I kind of have a problem with because I don't think people understand what they're asking when they ask it is about clinical trials. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you guys run clinical trials? And if so, how has that been for the brand and et cetera? Uh, we, we, I, I don't use the word clinical trials. This to me implies much more, um, 
a, a much bigger project than what, what we've done. We have clinical studies on two of our products. And these are studies that are made uh, in third-party labs. So it, it's you know not under our control. We give products, we give the, the expected, the, the question that we're trying to answer and it's a third-party independent lab that runs. So the, but it's not a clinical trial to me, you know, implies like something that you would do for a drug and it's not to that extent. So we have yeah. clinical studies on two, on two of our products. We also have numerous patch tests studies, which are not um, focused on results or, or the effects of products, but focus on the fact that, you know, we can say our products are perfectly fine for sensitive or sensitized skin types, for example. So we have all of those, all of those tests, um, which again, fall a little bit outside of, of clinical studies, but otherwise, you know, we're a, we're a niche family run independently owned family funded brand clinical studies are incredibly expensive to run and yeah. we don't we just frankly don't have the budget to to do that and you know we have taken more of a uh I don't know what the right word is, but we've, we've, all of these products have been created and have been birthed for lack of a better word in my father's dermatology practice. And so all of these formulations have been tested on his patients over, you know, yeah, and 20 plus that years. To me, so I don't, that, I don't know that that officially qualifies as clinical studies, but there's certainly been hundreds, if not thousands of patients that have tested these products before we put them out on the market. Well, that is clinical data. You know, yeah. that's something yes. that that's exactly why I prefaced my question the way I did, because, you know, I think consumers don't understand that to have right. a clinical study done, you need IRB approval. You yes. need to go through the actual like it's like a governmental process in a lot of ways. It's usually done not for specific products. It's done for um, agents and ingredients. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so if we want as a community, as a skin your community for everything to be run as clinical trials, then I would really urge all consumers and all doctors and everybody out there to start urging you know, labs and, you know, universities and academia run facilities to start running clinical trials on ingredients. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the ones that with the NIH funding, they're the ones that have, you know, all of this, these resources available to them. And it would be lovely to create a database or a data bank where now brands can go and say that, okay, clinical studies have been run on these ingredients. And so yeah. we can utilize them. You know what I mean? That is, I think, better approached when it comes to skincare in terms of asking for clinical data because you can't hold brands accountable to be running these extensive studies that like you said they're very very expensive and also they're not going to be able to do justice to them the way that they would want to because there are just some simply there are restrictions in place that yeah. you know they are, it, you can't do no for sure and it really is and you mentioned all of the, the paperwork and the regulatory approvals to run a true clinical trial or clinical study. And, you know, this would, I mean, we would need to have like a clinical trial department in the company. And we don't have that. We don't have the expertise. We don't have the funds. Um, and so we, we certainly rely, and this is, again, part of remaining accountable to science and remaining current and relevant, we certainly read all of, well, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the industry literature, mostly the scientific literature, uh, you know, the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology or what have you, we're, we're constantly 
um, updating ourselves and reading other clinical studies performed yeah. by, by, like you say, the PhDs, the labs, the scientists, um, and incorporating their knowledge into our formulations when, when relevant. Um, but yes, that, so, so it's, it's, it's more complicated, it's more, it's more complicated than a yes or no answer, let's say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I completely agree with you. And I think this is definitely, you know, a message that I, I'm going to try to, you know, create another episode and try to really push this, you know, idea and this information because it's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of gray area and a lack of understanding on the end of the consumers when it comes to just clinical data and what really goes behind it. And, you know, you know, holding brands completely accountable and hundred percent, it's their response. That's just nonsense. You know, it's nonsense. It doesn't make sense academically doesn't make sense it scientifically doesn't make sense so yeah I, I agree with you and I think that you know the fact that your dad formulated this specifically for his patients and it was used on patients especially pediatric patients mm -hmm. is huge that's a huge testament to the efficacy of the line and the product so you know I really want everyone to really focus on that when you're looking at Alchemy Forever because that's you know you're not going to see a lot of data that's been generated on pediatric dermatological patients. You know what I mean? That's a huge, huge, uh, you know, feat in itself. So I, I, I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing that you guys have that a lot of brands don't have. Well, um, thank you for highlighting that. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to, you know, say thank you so much for your time. This has been a lovely interview, lovely conversation. I am a huge fan of the line and, you know, I urge everyone out there, please go check them out if you have not already. I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely something that I'm very passionate about when I find a brand that I really believe in, I think, um, you know, I want to do everything I can to spread the word. So this is definitely one of those lines. And, you know, if you want a place to start for everyone listening, try the mask. <laughs> it's really well, great. So th thank you so much. Um, Ekta. I so appreciate you inviting me, you know, I love your podcast and you have such amazing guests. I feel very honored to be in, in, in such company. And I love your, your, you know, science forward, uh, no BS approach to, to beauty. And I think that's definitely a message and uh, that we share and that needs to be needs to be put out there more in, in the, the beauty universe. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. And you guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Leave us some comments, uh, some questions, some rave reviews about the amazing line. And I will definitely pass it along to Ada's team. And, I, you know, I, I can't rave enough about the line. So thank you. And I will be back next time. <laughs>